Amen. Good to have everybody this morning. It is Memorial Day weekend, and uh, we bless you and thank you for being with us. Uh, turn and look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here. God is good all the time, especially to me. And on Memorial Day weekend, I am going to live the good life. Amen. And who in here knows that Memorial Day weekend is when we remember those who have paid a price for our life so that we may have uh, freedom and liberty and we thank God for them. I believe we also should remember those who have died not only in armed services, but in uh, emergency responders, police and fire and stuff. They, they, you know, no man shows greater love than this, that he laid down his life for others. Can I have an amen? And so it's a great day. So it's, it's not about just cookouts and pools. It's about remembering those who have fallen and given the greatest price of all. And so we bless this country and we bless this, uh, those people. Can I have an amen? Who in here knows that until you have the country um, intercede for you sometimes or do something, it's easy to sit back and gripe. I think about that young girl who um, was taken captive in Russia. And you know, there was all the stress and the strife a couple years back and um, when she came back to play the WNBA, they asked her and said, are you gonna stand for the, play, the anthem or you're not? And she says, I think I'll stand this time. She says, the country means a little more to me and I'm thankful for it. Who in here knows that until you've not tasted freedom, whenever you've had it taken away, it means a whole lot to you. And uh, you ask anybody who's been a POW, anybody who's paid that price. So we bless anybody who served. And for those who've served here, we thank you. But for those who gave everything, uh, we're eternally thankful in this earth. Can I have an amen? We're going to open up prayer. So, hey, do this, because this is Memorial Day. We ought to have fun today. Amen. I'm wearing my star shirt, and I look like one of the kids in the church, so it's a good day. Amen? So let's, let's uh, just put our hands up. Father, we thank you right now for your grace, your goodness, your power, your mercy. We thank you, Father, that we are alive and yet remain on this earth to preach the gospel and the goodness and to show forth the good things that you have done for us so that we can preach and win those who are lost and going to hell to, a, to an eternity. We thank you, Father, right now for this service and for this time that we can come and worship you in the spirit of truth and in the spirit of humbleness because you are great and mighty to be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, Grace Summit. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Amen. And he's good all the time. Glory to God. And again, just raise your hands. Just lift your hands in the presence of God. Hallelujah. This is an act of surrender. We're going to give everything to him today. We're going to let him have everything that we know that we can't handle and we have no control over. We're going to let him have it today. We're going to give it to him. We're not going to leave here the same way we came. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now put those hands together. Hallelujah. He deserves the praise of his people. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. So today we're going to sing about like the dew in the morning. May he rest upon your heart. Hallelujah. And this is going to be interactive today, Grace Summit. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to give you some instructions in the middle of the song and we're going to be obedient. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Don't be afraid. <laughs> like the doing 
the morning. That's right, put your hands together. Simply rest upon my heart. Mm-hmm. Like the dew in the morning. Gently rest upon my heart. Sing it all. one another amen so turn to your neighbor and tell him like the dew in the morning may he rest upon your heart come on and speak life to them and then quickly turn to your other neighbor and tell them the same thing like the dew in the morning may he rest upon your heart say it like you mean it today grace summit hallelujah like the dew may he rest Come on and point to your neighbor and tell him Like the dew in the morning time May he rest your heart May he rest your
God. Amen. Hallelujah. And he deserved to be exalted above the earth. Amen. Above the heavens. So lift your heart up to him this morning. Hallelujah.
refuge, my treasure, Lord, you are my friend and king, anointed one, most holy, my hiding place, my safe refuge, my treasure, Lord, you are my friend and king, anointed one, most holy, my hiding, yes, my friend, refuse, my treasure, Lord. What did we uh, what did we come to church for this morning? I just want us to think about that for just a minute. What did we come for this morning? Did we come because we knew we needed to praise and worship the Lord? Did we come because we knew we needed to learn of the Lord? Did we come because we have been uh, maybe overwhelmed or maybe uh, burdened by physical situations or financial situations or family situations or any other situation. Maybe we came for any or all of those reasons. And maybe you've been uh, hurt in some ways or you've felt burdened or you've felt uh, overwhelmed with life. I want to read a verse to you today. Hear the word of the Lord, Matthew 11 verse 28 come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Whatever you need from the Lord this morning, he's here for you. Whatever you came for, he is here for you. So I'm gonna ask you to come down for prayer. Whatever your need is, or if you have someone you need to pray for, 
Remember Sherry Moore, who's recovering from surgery. Remember Lee Mann, who's in the hospital right now. Remember Joseph Collins, who is still um, needing touch on his heart. But whatever you need this morning, I encourage you to come down. Father, we just call on your mighty name this morning. We thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that we can come unto you and find rest for our souls in whatever situation they are in this morning. And we bless your holy name. We ask you to touch those that are watching online. We ask you to touch the people that are here this morning and that you will move mightily. Whatever they need, Lord, you are. Whatever we need, you are. And we praise you for it today. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. God, I look 
just need things like you do God, I look to you You are my help comes from Give me wisdom To know just what to do And I will love you, Lord, my strength And I will love you, Lord, my shield And I will love you, Lord, my rock Forever, all my days I will love you, God And I will love you, Lord, my strength And I will love you, Lord, my shield And I will love you, Lord, my rock Forever, all my days Today, hallelujah, God reigns. Hallelujah, God reigns. Hallelujah, God reigns forever, all my days. Hallelujah. Come on, lift that up. Hallelujah, God reigns. Hallelujah, God reigns. Hallelujah, God reigns forever, all my days. Hallelujah, He's worthy. He deserves all the praise He deserves all of the praise He deserves all of the praise Come on, hallelujah Hallelujah God reigns Hallelujah I won't be overwhelmed Give me vision To see things like you do Hey, I look to you, Father Hey, you're where my strength come from Hallelujah Glory to God Amen God. Give the Lord a good hand clap, amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, sister. Glory to God. You may be seated. Amen. Glory to God. I, I want us to, uh, we're about to show a video and uh, for Memorial Day. And 
I um, want to encourage you right now, if you will, join hands with somebody. Uh, um, Father, right now, we just uh, pray for all those who've lost anybody, whether they be in here or online, uh, or whether, whenever they watch this, that, Father, you would minister to them and let them know of the great sacrifice that their family gave on the altar of freedom, that their sacrifice is not in vain, that, Father, their family's um, life still speaks to you and speaks uh, truth to you of uh, the love that they had not only for their family, but also for the liberties of those they may never meet. So, Father, we thank you today for this day. We thank you that this day makes us um, become somber, but become quiet in our spirit. We thank you, Father, that this day, this weekend, tomorrow specifically, reminds us to live a life that is uh, chivalrous, victorious, without regret, so that we may stand before you with boldness and confidence in the day of judgment. And knowing, Father, that we can hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. Father, we thank you for all those families who have lost naturally so that we may enjoy the freedoms that you've given us. Freedoms under, under God's law, that we can have free thought, free speech, freedom to worship. Father, we thank you today for this great country that you've blessed us with. Father, we ask you that you help us be good partakers and, and, and stewards of it, to, to shepherd it, to lead it. We pray for those who are in authority. We pray for our president. We pray for our, 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 the, the cabinet, the, all the Senate and the House, every state legislature, Father. We ask, Father, that your grace be shed upon this nation, that your glory be framed upon this nation, that revival spring forth in this nation. And that righteousness flows forth like water out of the rock down to the streets and to the hearts of every man. That righteousness and judgment and goodness and mercy will be proclaimed throughout this land. Because it is through the people who have shed their life that we might be free, that we enjoy this day. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Enjoy this video for just a moment. Sometime back I received in the name of our country the bodies of four Marines who had died while on active duty. I said then that there is a special sadness that accompanies the death of servicemen, for we're never quite good enough to them. Not really, we can't be. Because what they gave us is beyond our powers to repay. And so when a serviceman dies, it's a tear in the fabric, a break in the hole, and all we can do is remember. It is, in a way, an odd thing to honor those who died in defense of our country, in defense of us, in wars far away. The imagination plays a trick. We see these soldiers in our mind as old and wise. We see them as something like the founding fathers, grave and gray-haired. But most of them were boys when they died, and they gave up two lives, the one they were living and the one they would have lived. When they died, they gave up their chance to be husbands and fathers and grandfathers. They gave up their chance to be revered old men. 
They gave up everything for our country, for us. We owe them a debt we can never repay. All we can do is remember them and what they did and why they had to be brave for us. spin on hot dogs and hamburgers tomorrow. Can I have an amen? Amen. If you got your Bibles, turn with me um, to Mark chapter 10. Um, I'm just going to read a verse here before our, before our offering. If you need an offering envelope there in front of you, we thank you. Thank y'all for scrunching. Amen. It makes it so much easier. I feel like I'm not like that during the service. Amen. Uh, Mark chapter 10, this is a, a verse and um, as we get ready to give, again, if you need an offering envelope there in front of you, first, second, third time guest, either in here or online, uh, we ask you to uh, take a moment, fill out a connection card, and uh, if you're online, there's also a uh, QR code that'll be coming up. You can use that, and we bless you, and we thank you for all your um, um, letting us know how we can get in touch with you and communicate with you. If we do not have your information, please fill out a connection card and put that in the offering plate. Uh, this is Mark chapter 10, very familiar verse. This is verse 27. Uh, Jesus answered and looked at them and said... With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. And everybody say amen. This was made in context to giving and to life. Um, this is where um, Jesus is talking about it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of an evil than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, saying amongst themselves, who then can be saved? So there's a, com a thought to me, they, they must have had some means or money because their first comment is, how can we be saved? Who the, how can anybody be saved? Because if it's that hard to get into heaven, how can, but God, but Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. Now in the day we live in, who in here knows that we need to have that confidence that with God, all things are possible in every area of our life. And everybody say amen. We should always believe that with God, all things are possible, that it's never too late. It's never too early. God's always on time. Can I have an amen? With God, all things are possible. And so when it comes to our giving and all, we just need to believe for God to meet that need. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm shocked. I, uh, I had bought something for our HOA. that I'm the president of, and I couldn't find it. Well, it's not a lot of money, but it's about $400. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And so I couldn't find it. And uh, I knew I hadn't thrown it away. But then I had this young kid who's helping me, and, and he kind of works for me. And so I told him to clean some stuff out. I said, just throw it away. So I thought, well, maybe I did it. Maybe I did throw it away. And so I got to pray, and I said, Father, in Jesus' name, I, I got to pray, and I said, you know where that's at. I said, go find, help me find that. Then I prayed to the angels. I commanded the angels to go forth and find that, to bring my path to it and it to me. And I mean, I, I looked, I don't know how many times I looked here and I looked there, and last night, I just got mad about it. Last afternoon, I should say, so about, probably about five o'clock. And I just got, I said, God, I said, this ain't right. I said, I know, I know I didn't throw it away. I know, I know it's here somewhere. I said, you know where it's at. Who in here knows with God, all things are possible. And I didn't want to have to pay the $400 to replace it. Can I have an amen? So I said, where's it at? And so I just walked into this, my garage and I was looking. And of course, I stuck it someplace so that I could remember where it was. Can I have an amen? And the moment I saw it, I thought, I remember putting it there. But that thought to check there had not hit me 
until I had come into that place of prayer. And I mean, I was actively praying, Father, help me. I, in fact, I actually said, I said, you know where it's at and you can speak to me where it's at. Help me, help me find this so I can fix this without paying $400 to fix it. Can I have an amen? With God, all things are possible. So when we get ready to give, uh, always believe that when you're giving, God, God's at work in your life. God's always meeting your needs. God's always fulfilling his promises because uh, he is. So, so hold your offering in your hand, however you give. Again, I don't have my phone with me. I don't want to walk over there and do it. Uh, I always like to hold something when I pray and give. Let's do this. I will get the faithful silver dollar that I carry everywhere I go. And uh, I love a silver dollar. And uh, Father, in Jesus' name, we take that which we give to you today and we hold it before you. Father, we remember that we were uh, sinners held in bondage and in darkness by Satan. And we cried out unto you. And you heard us in mercy and grace, and you came and you saved us. You have delivered us from the oppressor. You have delivered us from hell, and you have delivered us from, from uh, sin. And so, Father, we today, we worship you. We worship you, Father, by bringing the first fruits of our offering, the first fruits of our life, the, the tithe of who we are, of our life to you. And, Father, we thank you right now that you bless it, that you speak life over it, that you receive it in Jesus' name. And Father, we believe right now, I believe right now, Father, that you meet every need of every family member in our church, that you meet the needs of our church, and you do so well. And Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Amen. So now if you need to bring your offering up, that's fine. If, uh, we don't have any given music. since it's, we don't, I don't have any given music. I'll, I'll just do this real quick. Uh, if uh, you're giving and uh, you didn't give before, we're doing kind of what I'm calling a mini building fund fundraiser. And... Uh, I think I told everybody we needed about $8,600 total. We've had probably almost close to a third of that come in, not quite. Uh, we've got some septic tank issues uh, that's 15 years old and it just has to be serviced. Um, thank God they're still working. Can I have an amen? Y'all are not near enough thankful for good septic systems working. You know, you know in fact, to be honest, the septic system's a lot like church in a sense. Nobody appreciates it till it ain't there. But I'm telling you, when that septic system ain't working and all of a sudden you got poop, I actually rented a house before we moved to Georgia, me and Lisa, we rented this house. It was across the street from this Baptist church up on a hill. And for years, I found out that the guy who had lived there before had fussed with the county because there were certain things in the sewage system not right. And any time that church had a baptism and they let that baptistry out, the sewage would run across the street and his plumbing would back up. He said, you have no idea how nice it is. He goes, do you have raw sewage pump up into your, all your bathrooms and all your uh, tubs? I said, well, brother, I just thank God they fixed it before I moved in. Can I have an amen? And so anyway, so we've got some things to fix. And uh, somebody says, well, I don't know, you know, I, and I don't mean this wrong, but who in here knows uh, septic systems are not in, exciting to give to? Can I have an amen? You know, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure nobody thought about, you know, we want to give to missions and all that. But you have to look at it in light of the other. Without that, we can't do ministry. Uh, you know, I don't know about y'all, uh, who in here wants to have porta johns Or let's go even worse, outhouses. Who's ever used an outhouse? Who is thankful to God you're never going to have to use one again? Can I have an amen in Jesus' name? Who would use it if you had to? Amen. Who in here knows if you got to go bad enough, 
you're going to go. And so, amen. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. So if you want to give to uh, that, you can choose building fund if you're online, if you're in person. You can mark your check or giving however. Matthew chapter 5. Let's see what time it is. If I'm in the right place. Um, it's Memorial Day, and uh, if, if, if we hurry... We'll maybe beat the Baptist. I doubt it, but we make, we'll try. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. We read this last week. We're going to read it again, and we're going to pick up something different. It says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lamp stand... And it gives light to all those who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And everybody say amen. Uh, a couple things real quick about that. We know that, and we mentioned this last week, God brings light into dark places. And God brings you into dark places so that you can give light. Uh, I thank God for being sometimes the light in a dark place. I sometimes don't, I find it frustrating to be the light in the dark place. Who's ever had to be the only light in the dark? I have. You're the only voice of reason. You're the only voice of salvation, the only voice of hope. I mean, that's, but on the other side, who in here knows that's the best place to be? At least you are given light and the light to somebody who needs it. So not only do we, uh, we have to bring the light, there is also the truth that we have to not let our light be hidden. Now, who in here knows that we are in a very perverse day, a weird day where you can be anything. I, I joke with Karen King. Now, Karen King, uh, she's, uh, She's out of town this weekend uh, uh, with family. And so, you know, y'all heard me tell the story. On Facebook, she did a test out of all two or 3,000 of her friends who is, her, who is most like her sister. And out of all two or 3,000 of her friends, it chose me to be her sister. So we have had this great joke for years that I'm her sister. And I call her sister and she calls me sister. She'll say, hey, sister. She'll text me, hey, sister, what's going on? I mean, it was just a joke. But I looked at her the other day and we were at a, a cookout and we were having some, you know, just cutting up. And I said, well, listen. I said, I'm a black woman. She looked at me. I said, hey, in 2023, I can identify as anything I want. Can I have an amen? And I said, if Facebook calls me that, I can be too. And she just laughed. And we, we just laughed. So, we live in a weird day and everybody say amen. It's a weird day. It's a day where, where, where it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. In fact, this is something that bothered me for years. I had a guy tell me one time, he said, you ought to do this. And I told him, I said, I don't think I have any credibility to do that. He said, you ought to do it anyway. He says, people will pay you big money to do that. I said, I cannot, in integrity of my heart, do that. I said, I don't think I have the platform to do that. He says, I'll just do it anyway. And so I didn't. Man, you don't even have to have any qualifications to do stuff now. You just get on TikTok and you just act like you're somebody and everybody just, you know, you're just, you know, and you can ask people, what do you, well, I'm just, I, I actually know of a, I have a relationship, family relationship, and they're now a healer. Who in here knows Jesus is the only healer? Amen. Jesus is the only healer, but now they're a healer and they're, they're charging people thousands of dollars to come to these healing events and they're going to heal them and do stuff. And it breaks my heart for them. It breaks my heart that they're getting off into uh, error and a heresy breaks my heart that those people are following but man i mean it's just a weird day can we say amen there's weird doctrines going out there's weird there's weird attitudes going out there's weird prejudices going out i mean the things that were good aren't good the things that we used to say are bad are now accepted and it's just a weird day so what do we have to we have to let our light shine 
And we have to be bold in that moment to make sure that we are not hidden. You know, the old joke is if they made it illegal to be a Christian, who would be arrested without evidence by just word of testimony? We well, all need to go arrest Lonnie. Now, you know, you know what they'd say. Well, y'all need to go arrest Janice. We're not sure about Lonnie. Can I have an amen? I mean, you know, just teasing. They would say that about me. They would say, arrest Lisa and Chris, we ain't sure about. But we have to let our light shine. Now, having said that, makes one more thing, and we'll move on. Then we have to uncover the light that's in us. Now, look at somebody and say, you have light in you. Don't you ever think you don't. You do have light. You do have God's light in you. You always have that light in you. If you have Christ in you, you have the light of God in you. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, and you can overcome this world. And so you should never be downtrodden. I think it's sad. I know, I know we all have hard times. I know we all have bad times. I had a good pastor tell me one time, and I've, I've lived with this for years, and I believed it even before I heard him say it. There's some things I go through. I never let people know, and I'm never going to let you see me sweat. Well, you're just doing that out of pride. No, I'm not doing it out of pride. I'm doing it, number one, out of a conscious thought of victory, out of a conscious thought of choice. To, why? Because with God, all things are possible. If all things are possible with God, why be disheartened? Why be upset? If I believe I have the petitions I prayed for, why be discouraged? Can I have an amen? amen. But on this other side, I'm not going to tell certain things or let some people see me sweat. Why? It ain't their business. And I also don't want to be the kind of Christian somebody that says, man, Lord, if, he's got, if that's what Jesus is, I don't want that. You know what? We should let our light shine. I mean, shine no matter where we are, shine no matter how it is, shine no matter what we're going through. We ought to just be happy and joyful and praiseful. You know, I mean, no matter what you're going through, it could get worse. Can I have an amen? But, but you know, we aren't believing for that. But, but what are we believing for? We're believing for the goodness of God to be made manifest. We should let our light shine. And everybody say amen. Now, we're talking about cities on a hill. And a city on a hill is a city that is clearly seen. It's evident. Now, that applies in three ways to everybody in here because it also says don't let your light be hidden under a bushel. It applies to an individual. So if you're a Christian here or online, number one, everything I'm about to say applies to you and has applied to you and will apply to you. You are a light to this world. Everybody in here is a witness to something and someone, and you need to be bold in that witness. Now, again, I don't think, I, that's not saying that you go to lunch and everybody you walk up to, you preach and tell them they're going to hell. Can I have an amen? That if they don't get right with Jesus, they're going straight to the you know, fiery depths. I'm not saying that. But it should mean that you have a heart for people and you're willing to share the gospel. It should mean that when you're with somebody, you're willing to pray the prayer of faith. Should mean that you're not gonna be in, you know, shocked. In fact, I remember I was, um, me and Scott, Sherry had a surgery Tuesday, me and Scott are just talking and I wasn't paying attention, I'm just talking and I'm trying not to be loud. Can I have an amen? Cause Scott isn't loud and he's, he's got a quiet voice and we're just kind of talking. Now finally this guy sitting across from us, he said, well, how's the minister doing or something like that? I said, well, how'd you know I'm a minister? He said, brother, I've just been listening to you talk. And I wasn't paying any attention. I, we were just talking about, me and Scott were just having a good conversation about the things of God. You know, I'm not ashamed of it. Can I have an amen? Not, not going to be ashamed of it. I'm right. You're right. Can I have an amen? When we get to heaven, what a glorious day it'll be. So you know what? We're not going to be, so we have a light to shine. So number one is individual. Two's family. Your family should be a witness. Now who in here knows we all go through family issues and everybody say amen. That doesn't mean, but who in here knows how you handle that family issue speaks volumes. 
it got quiet in the Methodist church, okay? How you handle that situation speaks volumes. Now, y'all have heard me say this before. I thank God all three of my children have chose to live godly and live righteous, um, you know, and, and they, they haven't chosen a perverse lifestyle. But I had a pastor friend tell me one time, he said, if my son ever comes in and tells me he's a homosexual, and I mean rage spoke up. And I, man, I can cry sometimes, it hurt me. He, the way he, said, he said, I will disown him. He said, I'm not putting up with ungodliness like that. And I looked at him and tears brought up in my eyes. I mean, he does every time. I said, but I tell you what. I said, if my kids ever say that to me, I said, I will not accept it. I said, I will not embrace it, but I will love them to the day they die. They are my children. They are my child. I said, I will sacrifice my life for them. Isn't that what Jesus did for us? When we were undeserving, without God, without hope, rebellious in this earth, what did he do? He first, God so loved, he gave his son. Can I have an amen? So we should be a witness to that. I had a guy in my church years ago. He messed up. I mean, he messed up bad. His wife almost shot him. He messed up that bad. She was so mad. She actually did shoot the closet. And he goes, she told me to leave. What should I do? I said, brother, I'd leave. I, said, I, said, I wouldn't even wait. I'd just go. And so we got talking. And he looked at me and he said something. And I looked at him, I told him, I said, brother, I said, I'm gonna tell you something. I said, if you were a serial murderer, I said, I promise you before God Almighty to this day, I said, you have stood with me at my church whenever times were hard and times were short. I said, I don't care what you do for the rest of your life, I will be with you. I said, does it mean I'm gonna embrace what you do or approve of it? I said, but I will be there in the courthouse with you, sitting behind you every day that you're in court. I said, I love you. I have covenant with you. It's funny, he looked at me later. He said, can I be honest? He said, you know who it bothered me to tell I messed up more? He said, you. He says, I didn't want to let you down more than I let my wife down. I could have, I could have cried. I thought, man, why do I? I said, I'm not your wife. Can I have an amen? I don't love you that much. In fact, I don't love you at all like that. Can I have an amen? I said, I, you know, I just like you. We in covenant. But, but again, we, the way we handle it as family establishes the kingdom. It speaks to people. It should speak to people. I thank God for this. It humbles me. But Sarah Molly told me one time they have friends and they're ashamed to tell us, me and Lisa stuff, but not their parents. They won't tell me and Lisa. We have to find out all the dirt through them. Are they doing it? But now they don't mind telling them. Why? There's just a certain perspective, godliness there. We ought to live that way. And I'm not trying to puff me up because there's other times, thank God, my kids love me and know me for who I am. And there's not sometimes some things to love. Can I have an amen? Because as Lisa says, if it wasn't for Jesus and the ministry, I would be in the mafia. Can I have an amen? And that's how she says. So that third thing is, is our church, the body of Christ, who we are, is a light set on a hill. We are called to be light. And getting ready for this, I was thinking years ago, I preached at a church in South Carolina. Uh, this is late 80s, early 90s. It makes me feel weird. That's 30, 40 years ago now, almost. And uh, I'd preach there, and it was uh, probably about 250, 300. It wasn't a big town, but in that little town, that was a huge church for that size town. And uh, probably 40% white, 40% black, 20% everything else. And uh, I mean, it was the funnest church to preach at. It really was at that. In fact, one night I'm preaching, it was a Sunday night. This is revival nights. It may have been a Monday night or Tuesday night. And it's like nine o'clock. 
and I'm preaching along and everybody's kind of amen and telling it's just great atmosphere. It's like liquid gold. I mean, it's just great. And all of a sudden I said, I said, let me wrap this up. I said, we're going long. And, the, and the, this black, black guy, he's a saxophone player. And he's back over here behind me. He said, hey, when I was in the clubs, we said, if it was all night, it's all right. Preach on, brother, preach on. He should have never said that. I went like another 20 minutes. Can I have an amen? I mean, just the greatest atmosphere. I mean, just, and just hungry for God. Oh, it was great. So I got talking to these two women, one white, one black. And we're talking, I said something. I just asked them, I said, well, how'd y'all find the church? Yeah, you know, and they're best friends. And they said, we love this church for one reason. I said, why? They said, when we come in here, no one cares what our race is, what our money is, what our economics is. And they're talking, they said, you know, they said some, and there were a number of people in there who drove really nice cars for the day. And there's other people driving, this is early 90s, a $300 clunker. Who's ever had a $300 clunker? Who has been thankful for the $300 clunker? I, you know what's funny? You can't buy a $300 clunker. Now it's a $2,000 clunker. And so, you know, and they, they, said, they said, we love it. They said, they said, when we come in this church, they said, there is a spirit here that drives all that. She says, and nobody cares. They said, honestly, they, they, these two, they, they were best friends. They said, we cannot wait to come to church just to be in this atmosphere. Nobody's judged. Nobody cares. We love each other for just who they are, a child of God. I thought, man, that's the way every church ought to be. Can I have an amen? I mean, whether you're Republican, Democrat, whatever, uh, Libertarian, uh, Yankee, Southern, uh, um, if you like lettuce, if you don't like lettuce. I don't like lettuce. Can I have an amen? I mean, I don't like certain things. Like, I mean, but, 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 but there's no judgment. Now, again, who in here knows that as a, as, a, as a pastor, as a friend, as a Christian, you still need to speak righteousness, but you don't have to do it in judgmental attitudes. God don't do you that way. Now, who's ever had God give you condemnation? Nobody in here has ever had God give you condemnation. Satan gives you condemnation. God gives you conviction. Conviction is like walking in, a, in, the, in the ocean and you step on a piece of glass and it cuts you. Who knows that that cut will let you know you did something wrong? That's conviction. Condemnation is pouring salt in the wound and telling you were stupid for walking in the ocean. That's condemnation. What's wrong with you? Well, you've never mounted anything. You never will. Church, we ain't supposed to be like that with people. We need to be redeeming people, rest, 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 restored to people. We are called to be that. Now, one of the things in the Old Testament that speaks to that, this is one of my favorite things, and I, and I don't have time to read all of it, just going to hit it real quick, is in Numbers 35, verses 9 through 28, it talks about the cities of refuge. I'm going to challenge you to read all that passage from 9 to 28. Everybody say cities of refuge. Come on, say it good. Say cities of refuge. To tell you what it was, there were six cities of refuge. Just real quick. There were three on the east side of the Jordan. There were three on the west side. And there's actually mentioned that there could have possibly been three more later if the land had, if the, if the nation of Israel had grown even bigger. These cities of refuge were places where you went if you had an accidental murder or a manslaughter. So if you kill, and it actually, it, it cracks me up. It actually gives like examples of how you could have killed somebody. If you're felling a tree in the woods and your ax comes off and kills someone, but you never hated them, that's, that's manslaughter. Now the Bible in the Old Testament is real plain. If you killed somebody with willful intent and malice, you die. There was no grace. Pretty good attitude, I think, can I have an amen? That's just me. There are certain things in life, if you do, you sacrifice your life. 
I mean, that's just it. You sacrifice choices. There are certain uh, limits you shouldn't cross. You cross them, you've gone too far. I think Hitler should be a children's minister. Can I have an amen? Nobody's gonna say that. Nobody's gonna cross that bridge. Why? He crossed the line way too hard. And so the Bible's very plain. When there is willful intent with malice in your heart and you kill, you will be put to death. It's actually considered, if you will, civic penalty because actually the people will have that done. On the other hand, if you do manslaughter, if you do without willful intent or maliciousness kill somebody, you have a right to be heard. But who's ever heard of the phrase kinsman redeemer? Well, that's a phrase meaning that that kinsman will act in your behalf. So let's say that I accidentally killed somebody. Somebody's kinsman redeemer, who's ever heard an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth? Now again, point this out, I'd love to point this out. That was not to be harsh, that was to be just. If I stole your chicken, you don't have a right to kill my child. You do have a right to take a chicken. If you kill my cow, I don't have a right to kill your mom and daddy. I do have a right to a cow. That's what it means. It doesn't have anything to do with the harshness of God. I've heard that all my life. Well, in the Old Testament, it was just evil and harsh. I mean, just, just God was hard with man, almost, almost to an evil, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. I mean, just, oh, it's just evil, harsh, harsh, harsh. No, it wasn't. It's just. God's a good God. Can I have an amen? And he was trying to teach people to listen. Don't go to extremes. I know he accidentally killed your kid, that he didn't build the house right. I know he, I know he didn't. But you don't have a right to kill his whole family. Because in that situation, you know, Bishop Souza, minister back in the uh, 90s, he looked at me and he was talking about, he said, Chris, he said, y'all don't have racism in America. He goes, Kenya has racism. Yeah. And I said, yeah, we do have racism. I was like defending the fact that we're racist. I said, we have racism in America. He said, not like Africa. He said, in my country, he says, if you wrong somebody, we kill you, their siblings, their mom and daddy, and as many as we can find. He goes, you don't do that. I said, no, sir, we don't, thank God. I said, you win. Can I have an amen? Who in here knows that ain't right? That's what God was saying with that. So in the case of a manslaughter, accidental, you could run to this city of refuge. There's six of them. On the way to the cities of refuge, this is amazing, they were actually commanded to make the roads wider than normal and make them easier to access. So it gave hope to the man who's been wrongly charged with murder. Because again, it's, man's, it's, a, it's an accidental death. I told all my kids, I've told them all this, I beat this in their head. You drive a car and you have an accident. I don't care if you did not mean to do it. If you kill somebody, that's manslaughter. If you're negligent, you're going to jail. I beat that in their heads every time they're 16. I said, if you have an accident, drive across, text and doing anything, I just want pay attention, you're going to jail. I thank God my kids love me, but I've been hard on that. I said that one time to a guy. He was the solicitor for Henry County, and we were joking about cars. I told him that. He said, would you believe I just sent a dentist to jail for that same reason? He said, that dentist never had one ticket, never had one speeding fine, nothing. He's going to do seven years. Wasn't paying attention, drove over the line, killed a family. Now, who in here knows he's having to pay a price? It's getting quiet in the Methodist church. Give me some amens. He's having to pay a price. At the same time, he didn't write for him to die, according to scripture. He had a right to a trial. He had a right to restitution. So this cities, these cities of refuge, you ought to read it. 
If you could get in that city, you were safe. And the accuser, the guy who's the kinsman redeemer, the guy who wants blood, does not have the right to kill you. But outside the city, he has every right to kill you according to the law. But if you stay in the city, that city is actually required to defend you. So let's say that guy comes with a hundred of his friends and we're just gonna drag you out. No, that city will fight. And those cities were always spiritual cities or what they called religious cities. And those cities always had a high priest in it. And as long as the high priest was alive, you were good to go. And they would actually hold trial. And if they actually went against you, you could stay in that city of refuge for all until that high priest died. Once that high priest died, the, the penalty's been paid and you can go home, back to your possessions, it says. I think it's amazing the parallel to Christ that is and the parallel to who we should be. People ought to know when we, if they can just get through those doors, if they can just get in your home, if they can just get in your presence, I'm gonna be safe. There's something about them. There's something about you. There's something about their family that's safe. There's peace there. There's hope there. And the enemy can't come in. I've had people in my, all my life, and they'll say, man, I wish we could just have church every day. I wish we could too, but who in here knows we got to work and we got families and we got kids, so you got to develop some things. But why is, what are they saying? I just need to be in this atmosphere. I just need to be here. And we need that. I have a friend, and they just um, came out of a rehab. Bless their heart. I mean, just going through a hard time. But thank God they're, they're turning their life around, been through a rehab. But what's funny is thank God for AA, but you know what AA teaches? You got to have a meeting a day, especially when you're starting out. You got to meet with like-minded people. You got to have that atmosphere. You got to keep it. But what is the city of refuge? It's the same thing. It is a place where we are of one mind and one accord, and we minister, and we reach out, and we protect people. I love the stories of the cities of refuge. Could you imagine being wrongly accused? Let's throw this out. Who in here knows that before Jesus, we're all doomed to hell? But I've met people who weren't, were good people. They were like Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. They were a good person. They, they, they honored God, they but they weren't born again. That ain't right. That's almost manslaughter, spiritually, for that person to go to hell. Who's ever met somebody who's just good? They don't love Jesus, but they're a good person. I don't want them to go to hell. What do they need? They need somebody. They need a city of refuge. They need somebody who's going to preach to them and speak to them. In fact, if you really study it, the cities of refuge are cool. If you are the guy who's seeking refuge, you couldn't hold office because there's charges over your head. But it actually said, but if the people like you enough and they keep going after it, they might let you do it. That's according to Jewish tradition. The cities of refuge. I challenge you. Make sure you, your family, and our church stays a city of refuge that we are always reaching, we are always loving, we are always graceful, we are always giving. Um, who in here knows sometimes when you get bad service at a restaurant, it's a little easy to lose your patience and your temper. Am I the only one? If I'm paying, it can frustrate me. And with my family, I'm always paying. Can I have an amen? Okay, which is fine too. And I hate for them to pay for my meal. That's why I become my dad. And so I, but you know what? But I always like to bless them. I like to give a good tip. I like to always give a good tip. Why? I want them to know. Sometimes we'll start talking. I'll tell them. I'll, I'll tell them about the church. Tell, tell them if I can pray for them anything. And I've had people ask me. And they'll come up. And they'll say, could you pray for that? I say, yeah, we'll pray for that. This will freak them out. You want to pray now? 
oh my God, <laughs> oh my God, in public, <laughs> where other people can see us, oh go no. Well, if you know that, that, if you know me, that's just even more fun. I'll just grab their hand and put my arm around them and start praying. And I can feel them tense up. And I love every moment of it. Because I know that there's a conviction work right there beginning to happen in their life. And they know they should embrace that. Look at somebody and say, I am a part of a city of refuge. I am also in a family that proclaims refuge. And I am individually a person of refuge. As we close, I read these six things. There were six cities. These six cities had names. The names are all beautiful. The first one is Kadesh, that means holy place. The second one was Shechem, which means strong shoulder, that we should be a strong consolation. The third one is Hebron, many people have heard that. That means fellowship. That's one of the best ones, I think, fellowship. We've not been cast out. Number three, Bezer, strong hiding place. Number four, five, Ramoth, which means a high place. Who in here knows that in Christ we are in the high places? that we have left the, 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 the lowly land. And then Golan, who's ever heard of the Golan Heights? The Golan Heights. In fact, what's amazing to me militarily, whoever controls the Golan Heights can control Israel. That's why Israel has fought for them for years. Golan, it means enclosure for captives. And this speaks of our being set apart from sin. Again, if you control the Golan Heights, you can live in liberty and peace in Israel. But if you don't control the Golan Heights... Israel can be taken and be held captive. So by holding that place, Jesus gives us the right to not be captive. Can I have an amen? Now, as we get ready, somebody says, why would you preach this on Memorial Day? Because Memorial's a day when people give their life and they have sacrificed their life so that others may live. Who's ever read, and it's one of those songs, and I love it. I remember falling in love with it, with the Jimmy Swaggart album. Uh, he sang it. And I had never paid attention to it, so I read the history of it. Back then, you know, back then I had to use an encyclopedia. I know y'all know, I have no idea what that is. But who in here knows what an encyclopedia was? But who's ever read or paid attention to the Lord's mind? Eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He's trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. But there's the other verse where it says, he died to make men holy, so let us live to make men free. See, that's what we're called to do as a church, as a family, as an individual. My dad always told me there's only two things in life that are important. One is you go to heaven, make Jesus the Lord of your life. Two is you take your family with you. And we don't give up on family. Can I have an amen? Well, Pastor Chris, I've been praying for him for 50 years. Well, don't give up. Who in here has met many people or heard of many stories of people who got saved at the very last moment? I know of several. I know of several who made right right before. I actually know of one testimony where the guy had never served God like he should because he knew he was called to preach and he didn't want to be a preacher. And finally got sick and I almost died and they are praying for him to be healed. And this one minister said, the Lord spoke to him and said, I'm not going to heal him. He said he's in the best spiritual place he's ever been in his life because he had, he had turned his heart to God totally. He said, I'm going to, he goes, I want him to come home. He said he needs to come home. So he said, he said, the minister said he argued with God for a moment. He said, but that, he goes, I want him to stay. And he said, well, he, he said, well, he said, but he goes, the Lord told him. He said, but I am going to fill him with the Holy Spirit and let him have the joy of the Holy Ghost 
right before he goes. And he prayed for received the Holy Ghost and prayed in the tongues for two, three hours that night. Had about, about three weeks left. Man, they said he, he had just the best time. Never had any more pain. Never had any more issue the whole time. And then one night, just went off into sleep. Who in here knows God loves you and is a restorative God and desires to always bring healing and help and, uh, and wholeness. But you know what? Thank God they didn't give up on him. Because it'd been easy just to give up on him and say, well, just die. You've made your choice. What do we do? We labor. We pray. We intercede. We pay that price. So look at somebody and say, you're worth it. You're worth my prayers. And I'm going to pray for you. And I want to ask you that as we get ready. Again, we are cities of refuge, individually, family, and as a church. Who are you praying for? Who are you interceding for? Who are you ministering to? Make sure that you get active and busy in those areas. Um, I've said this all my life. I'm going to throw this out. I'll apply this to Lonnie, this same rule. I watched you. Um, when I traveled for years, I made sure I ministered to kids. And I did youth camps and kids camps. I one time went to, to a church to do a youth camp, youth, youth retreat. And when I showed up, there wasn't a kid over the age of 10 years old. Well, now we're doing children's church retreat. Can I have an amen? And thank God I had just bought a magic book for my kids and I had made me a magic trick that which worked good. So I did all these magic tricks and stuff and, and used that in my service. And these kids had a great time. But I've always made sure why. I want God to take care of my kids. Now, when I first moved to Georgia, God bless him, Lonnie used to teach children's church at the Living Way Church on the Hill on East Atlanta. And he would come up and he'd talk to me and stuff. And I still remember one kid was mean to Luke. And Lonnie comes up to me and he says, he said, he goes, you've got a good son. He said, I, I love your son. I said, well, he said, well, this kid was kind of, you know, just being a kid, not, you know, just pushy and stuff. And he said, and I said something, I said, I'm going to do it. And he said, Luke's like, Mr. Lonnie, you don't, it's okay. It's okay. Or maybe it was Molly. Maybe it was Molly who was doing it. But Lonnie gave his life to minister to kids. Lonnie still does that through missions and stuff. Guess what? All his kids serve the Lord. Can I have an amen? What has he done? He has sown. So don't ever, you know, you say, well, I'm tired, I'm this, I'm that. No, don't ever get tired of this or that. Give into other people, bless other people, sow into other people, challenge other people. Just love them. Can I have an amen? amen. I mean, just, just have fun with it. I mean, I love having fun with it. I got friends in my neighborhood, one, one guy, I love him, I really do. But I look at him all the time, I said, brother, I prayed for you the other day and God told me he don't know who you are. I don't know what that means. That means you're probably going to hell. I said, you're probably just gonna go straight to hell. I don't know. He's like, my gosh, man, he goes, you are mean to me. I looked at him one day, I said, brother, I just love you. I said, I don't wanna go to heaven without you. Can I have an amen? And he knows how my heart is. And we'll start having conversations sometimes. But I'm telling you again, we are a city of refuge. And everybody say amen. amen. Say, I am, am. going to be a refuge to other people. And that's what we are as a church. That's what we are as a family. That's what we are to individuals. Amen. And again, our families irritate us. Can I have an amen? amen? And it's harder to love family than anybody else. You know why? You know their scabs and their history and all that stuff. I heard a preacher say, well, I'm 16 years old. I've never forgotten. He was a spirit-filled Methodist guy. He said, man, he goes, you might be king on the road, but when you get home, you ain't nothing at nothing. And he said, buddy, he says, here I am holding these events. And he says, people are falling out under the power. And he said, God's doing great miracles. And he said, all of a sudden, you know, he said, I'm somebody. He says, man, I got home. 
He said, one of my kids said, hey, daddy, let's play hossy, you know, because his kids were small. And he said, he no more than got that kid on there and they swung around his neck and swung and faced him and said, whoo, you got bad breath, daddy. He said, buddy, he said, I was a king on the road, but he goes, I ain't nothing but a bad breath hossy at home. Can I have an amen? It's hard sometimes to love it, but you know what you do? You love them anyway. And you show the example of who Christ is and you be quiet and you bless them. Thank y'all for that wealth of enthusiasm from the First Methodist Church in Stockbridge, Georgia. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you right now for this group. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you, Father, that we are cities of refuge to our generation and to our life and to those around us. Father, help us bring and, and speak life to other people. Help and give us opportunity, Father, to share the gospel with at least one person a day. Help us, Father, in Jesus' name. Build a city individually, family, and corporately as a church that reaches across lines, that breaks down barriers, that loves the unlovely, that reaches the unreached and tells the untold that Jesus is alive. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, right now that you are faithful and good and that you do all things well in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Now, as I pray that, I just, I just sense in my heart to, to share this, that, that there's probably some of you and somebody came up to your heart to be good to. Uh, it may be family. Just, just do that. Obey that. And don't do it with any end desire. Just do it because it's right. Can I have an amen? amen. You know, sometimes people pick up on that. We'll love on them and do something because we want something out of it. You know, if I do this, then they'll do that. And if they do that, then I can do this. And then, then, I'll, then, you know, then I can, I'll say this too. Don't manipulate the conversation so you can talk about Jesus. Just love them and let that topic come up. Can I have an amen? Just love them. I promise you, they can tell, you should have went to church today. God moved in a special way. You wouldn't know. You know, we don't need to do that, amen? Just love them. Just love them. And if they ask what happened in church, say, well, you know, it was a great day. I wish you could have been there with me. It was a good day. I mean, that, that ain't, you know, that's letting them know that you missed them, but that's not being condemning. Amen? The reason why so much turmoil is in your life is because you've not put Jesus first. They know that. That's why they're doing it. Can I have an amen? They're stupid. Can I have an amen? Everybody look at somebody and say, love stupid family. Can I have an Amen. And I promise you, if you give out love and stupid family, they will love you when you're stupid. Can I have an amen? Because everybody in here is stupid sometimes. We all make mistakes and have moments of goof-ups. And everybody stand up with me. A couple things. Uh, women's um, first Saturday uh, meeting uh, every month is, um, I think, a week from yesterday. It's actually this coming Saturday. Uh, that's coming up. I know the youth uh, are going to camp a week from Monday, I believe it is. Uh, so I'll be praying for them. What's my next slide? I think it's just a regular. We're doing a revelation. Uh, you can still join us. Uh, that'll probably, we'll drop that off next week. And uh, that is still joining us. And then our Wednesday night. But this is Memorial Day, so I want to encourage you to have a good week, have a good time, be relaxed. The weather is incredible. I don't know what's going on with the weather, but it doesn't feel like 1st of June to me. And I'm loving every moment of it. Can I have an amen? So um, the only thing is I'm not playing golf and I'm having to heal up 
That is the frustrating part. But I, I, I can do it. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And that means not be mad that I can't play golf right now. Can I have an amen? So uh, amen. I'm going to dismiss you with this uh, prayer, and then I want to encourage you to uh, chat for a moment, enjoy each other's fellowship. Father, may your face shine upon us, your goodness be made known unto us, and your grace always flow forth. But Father, that we are who you've called us to be in this day, a city of refuge to a lost and dying world, always ministering the gospel in everything we do, in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. God bless you, you are dismissed. Amen.